tonight. Appreciate you in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper here than anywhere else I might be tonight. Appreciate each of you. If you're going out, go ahead and do that quickly. Quickly and without... Is it already gone? Good, that's the way I like to see it. Not a lot of fanfare. And Oh, I'm leaving. Let's, let's shake everybody's hand. I'm leaving. Just go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'm in a good mood tonight. Praise the Lord. I am in a spiritual mood tonight. All right. Put it that way. It's, it's ironic to me, and I say that um, sort of half-heartedly, how, how much in the Pentecostal movement that I'm thankful for, we hear people talk about wanting giftings, wanting to be used in a dimension that uh, is above the routine. We want a word from somebody, a personal word that's just going to elevate me in my walk with God. None of that is bad. There's place for all of that in our walk with God. However, when we look for that and ignore the basic things, if you were here last Wednesday night, I talked about the importance of prayer. I'm going to talk about the importance of prayer again tonight. Did you forget what you preached last week? No, I just don't feel like I got, I drove it home well enough, all right? I might do it again next Wednesday. I don't know. But I'm looking at two bedrock scriptures on our need to pray from Matthew 26, when Jesus said this in verse 40 and verse 41. He cometh unto the disciples... And he found them asleep and saith unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That, that verse right there, number 41, would you read it out loud with me? Ready? Everybody together. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That first couple of words, watch and pray, is where I'm taking my title from tonight. Have you prayed about that? I wanted to have to say that and probably wrote it for you folks in the, in the booth. But uh, if I say, have you prayed about that? You know what I'm trying to say, even though it says it up there. My, I'm sure I miswrote that. Have you prayed about that? Look at somebody close to you tonight and ask them, have you prayed about that? Jesus said, watch and pray in order to prevent us from making decisions that will lead us into tempting areas of our life. Do you know that prayer before changes are made can sometimes help us to not go the wrong way in life. Have you prayed about it? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy. Love you, Savior. Love and adore you, God, tonight. Help us, Lord, to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, as Paul said. God, to walk obedient to your word and to your will. Bless your people. Every person, young and old alike, will give you the praise, God, in Jesus' mighty name. 
God bless you. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Have you prayed about that? And I don't mean when I say that, as many people have done to me over the years. Pastor, would you help us pray? And they say that after they've already sent out the wedding invitations. What would you like me to pray about? Oh, just pray that this is the will of God. Hello? After you've already got the, the church rented and the invitation sent out? I probably won't even pray about that. How do you feel about that? I mean, there's time in our life where we should pray until God definitely has spoken to us concerning the next move in life we should take. And if God has answered you and God has spoke to me about what to do next, then praise the Lord. He's faithful to his word as always. But sometimes it's good for me to just wait on God. Wait on God. Paul the apostle said, when you've done all to stand, what? Just stand. I translate that, so can you tonight. Just wait on God until he shows you and you know for sure what he wants you to do. Praise the Lord. Disclaimer, let me place it right here. Sometimes life gets us in a corner and we have to react. I know that. Sometimes the boss says, no, I want an answer before you leave my office. And you don't have time to call your friend, call your pastor. You've got to be, you've got to, you've got to make a decision on the spot. I get that. A lot of life comes at us like that. I told you last week, though, that prayer is the, is the thing that holds the answers we're looking for. Do you believe that still? Prayer is how we're going to access the answers we know that we need. Brother Colin, I appreciate any advice you can give me. But when I need a word from God, I need it coming through prayer and not through you. No offense intended. Prayer changes things. Do you believe that? Prayer is a difference maker. Do you believe that? Prayer can get behind closed doors. I know that's true. Prayer can soften a hardened heart. Because sincere, heartfelt prayers get the attention of God, the answerer of prayer. I'm going to tell you something here, and I put it all out there on the line. I have never one time in 40 years of praying seen a desperate prayer that went unanswered. I've seen a lot of prayers where I, I offered them half-heartedly to God or just in passing or filling space and time that God didn't do anything about as far as I can see. But desperate prayer emergency prayer. I've never one time seen God ignore somebody say, I need you now, Lord. Psalm 34, 6 in the New Living Translation. David said, in my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. Save me from all of my troubles. I'm not talking about just making noise either. Robert Greene wrote in the 48 Laws of Power, law number four, always say less than necessary. Law number four, always say less than necessary. He says, and I'm quoting Robert Greene, that people who talk all the time exhibit a lack of self-control and insecurity, unquote. 
I'm not talking about just making noise to be heard. I'm talking about sincere, heartfelt, heartfelt, prompted conversation between you and him. You and he that can answer your prayer. But prayer that turns God's attention is what I'm talking about. Not just rambling, not just rumbling and making noise, but prayer that turns the tides of life back in your favor. How many of you know tonight you can pray that kind of a prayer? You've got power in your walk with God. So when you get sincere, you can turn God in your favor. Psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. It is a good thing to know God heard you today. It is an awesome thing to know God listened to you pray tonight. But why is it so hard to pray sometimes? Why is it so hard to pray? Would you at least admit sometimes it's hard to pray? Anybody? Brother Christopher, I don't know about anybody else. I can only speak for myself. But when I'm really pushing and applying and trying to get in the zone, as they refer to it, when I'm really trying to get into the presence of God, it is work. It takes effort on my, maybe it's easy for you. And I've just got too much carnality. It takes effort. But why is it so hard sometimes to really pray? Again, I'm not talking about noise. I'm talking about getting into the presence of God. You know what they told Daniel in chapter 6, verse 7? You pray one time, boy, we're throwing you into the lion's den. I'm saying sometimes it's because I'm tired. Other times it's because I'm distracted. But often when I struggle to really pray, it's because there are things trying to stop me from praying. It's spiritual warfare. They got all their little political figureheads together and wrote out a little law and said, we're doing this because of that Daniel. He's got such an effective prayer life. We've got to stop him from praying. They wrote their little laws and threatened him, threatened him. That's spiritual warfare. It may be coming across the lips of humankind, but there are spirits engaged in that kind of action. Why is it so hard sometimes? Don't get me wrong. Everybody prays silent prayers. Everybody prays, you know, uh, Low energy prayers. We all do that. But I mean when you are really leaving the dimension of the flesh. And I'm not talking about praying in tongues. That may be part of it. But that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm talking about when you can hear every word in English. But there's, there's an energy you're trying to muster up. You feel walls blocking you and things stopping you. And you know it's not the will of God. You've got to press through. Go away tonight, don't you? I'm, I know I'm dealing with spiritual stuff right now. But the three kryptonites to prayer, besides those things, the three things that will kill my prayer just like that, the most common is what? You could even say it. A lack of faith. 
How often do I pray, Brother Larry? And I don't even, I don't even remotely connect God's ability to the words I'm saying. I'm just praying. I'm just making noise. Three kryptonites to prayer are a lack of faith, a lack of effort, and number three, a lack of properly requesting from God. Let me break each one of them down. A lack of faith. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith. So sometimes I can be praying the right thing, me. I can be asking God for something he wants me to have. I could be on the right trail, on the right track. I could be digging in the right ch channel. And God would want to do that. But if I don't believe God's going to do it, he's not going to come into my life, put me in a, a half Nelson and force his will upon my life. I've got to have faith. You've got to have faith that when you come praying for your needs, Jesus, I think you're listening right now. Jesus, I believe you want this for me in my life. You want to answer me. You want to change this. Faith that God hears you and is going to do something about it. Number two, lack of effort. Some people just don't pray. It just wants me to make me want to pull my hair out, Brother West. Some people just won't pray. They'll just get around the same two or three that will interrupt them and they'll chat and talk and gray hug and love. And the devil's going, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And I know for a good, I know for a fact, if you're not praying in church, I know you're not praying out, of, out there. This is the house of prayer. Prayers encouraged and warmly welcomed. snowing right now, all right? A lack of faith will stop me in my tracks. A lack of effort. James put it this way, 4 verse 2. You have not because uh, God just doesn't care. No, God's saying, when's the last time you really poured out your heart in prayer to me? You have not because you asked. So one, a lack of faith. Two, a lack of effort. And three, a lack of properly praying. Let me say this before I get to three about number two. Especially in times of prayer here or wherever you pray. Control your mind. That's such good advice. You're going to have to chew on that. Control your mind. The things that commonly distract you, go into prayer knowing they're coming back again. When I start to pray, she's going to walk right by me that always wants to talk about the weather. He's going to come up to me every time. I know that I'm dealing with distraction before they even come my way. This is too hard for some of you, isn't it? But if I can teach somebody how to pray, it's going to help you to change the things that are going on in your life. I love, I love people with their face to the wall. Brother, play on that corner. Brother, stage. I love that. People that say, look, this means off limits right now. I'm praying. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Number one, a lack of faith. Number two, a lack of effort. Number three, a lack of praying properly. 
And that does, it sounds complicated, but it's not. Listen to this one verse, James 4, verse 3. You have not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. So if we pray selfish prayers, God, would you get my enemy? Would you wipe them out? Would you just, God, whatever it is, whatever selfish prayer, uh, however that's explained in your life or mine, if we pray that it can be consumed upon our own personal lust, God said, I'm not even listening. A lack of faith, a lack of effort, and a lack of going about it the right way. That's why if we include or incorporate praise in our prayer time, it's hard. It's hard to pray vindict vindictive prayers when we've been praising the Lord in the middle of it all. It's hard to pray, God, just shut my enemy's mouth when I'm and, and getting off on bitterness and things. Oh, but if we come to God praying with faith, listen to what James 5.16 said. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth how much? Look, I'm happy when God does this much. I'm overjoyed when God does this much. But the Bible said he'll do a much, a work of much. See, when you pray until you're in the zone, that's when uncommon things happen. Let's say it again. When you pray until you are in the presence of God Almighty, that's when uncommon things begin to occur in your life. If you don't want any change, just pray like a robot then. If you want things to stay the same, pray like a statue then. But if you'll pour your heart into something, if you'll turn your face to the wall like Hezekiah did. I mean, check this out, Brother Dave. Isaiah the prophet. There are more, more messianic prophecies in the book of the golden prophet Isaiah than any other Old Testament writer. Isaiah comes into the courtyard where Hezekiah is. He's ailing. What's wrong with me? I've been sick lately. I don't get it. Isaiah comes and says, you're about to die. Set your house in order because you're going to die and not live. Now, let me tell you, if Isaiah comes in and tells you that, get the funeral plans made, would you? Hezekiah turns his face to the wall. I don't know if his distractions came his way or not. But he turned his face to the wall. This is Isaiah 38, by the way. And he prayed, God, desperate praying, desperate words, emergency prayers. Now, God, not tomorrow. I need you now, God. Not next week. I need you now, God. I've got to have help right here, right now. Brothers in the ER or in the, where is he at? Huh? ICU. No one's allowed in the room. That's the type of environment for desperation praying. <laughs> you want uncommon things to start happening in your prayer life? Stop praying like you're reading a medicine label. Twice a day for three minutes, my Father which art in heaven. And that's a precious prayer right there. I'm not mocking it. That's a precious prayer. 
Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer. Believing. There's the key right there, isn't it? He said, ask anything you want. Come with anything on your mind you want. Request anything. Ask me for anything. Bring it to me. He said, but if you want an answer, an answer you expect, an answer you want, you better come with faith. You better come believing that God can do exceeding abundantly above all. He said, if that's the way you come, you shall receive. I said, when you have prayed until you're in the presence of God, and yes, by all means, you will know you are there. That's when unexpected things happen. That's when unexpected things start to occur. That's when supernatural things are... That's when supernatural things start to happen. That's when things that you can't explain begin to occur. You come and wow, I didn't even know God was going to do that. He did that and more than that. That's when you've made up your mind, I'm turning my face to the wall. I'm not letting God go. I'm praying with, it, with persistence. And the Bible said, he that comes to God, Hebrews 11, 6, what's he talking about? Prayer. He that comes to God, praying. He that seeks me. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why, why do we get so discouraged so easily? Well, I prayed for him and she, he hasn't come to church. So what are you made out of? I mean, one prayer he doesn't answer, you want to throw in the towel? I'm not going to ask you to pray for me. I want people that are persistent about their desire, consistent with their walk with God. Well, we prayed last night and she's still sick. Then pray again today. I want people that'll pray tomorrow and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Well, what if God doesn't do it by Tuesday? I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to get up Wednesday and pray it all over again. You see, some things don't happen immediately. Hallelujah. But in Acts 16, verse 25 and 26, Paul and his understudy, Silas, all they've been doing is preaching. All they've been doing is bringing about this, this new faith, this faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, this repentance necessary, this water baptism and filling of the Holy Ghost, been preaching it from left to right. The religious crowd didn't care for it. They took Paul and Silas and put them into the jailhouse for preaching. For preaching. And people think preaching makes you popular. Preaching gives you prestige in the community. Not like it used to, let me tell you, not even like it used to. There used to be a place in the hospitals. You go there and park in the There used to be a place for ministry in the hospital. Go to Home Depot. Dear Gussie, they got veterans parking. They got uh, handicapped parking. They got customer first plus bonus parking. They got senior citizen parking. 
I'm like, where can a common average tax-paying man park in this place? Go check it out. You go over there and check it out. I'm going to Lowe's if that's how you feel about me, praise the Lord. Paul and Silas are in jail because they've been preaching. And about midnight, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. I love that. They didn't have to be warmed up with music first. They didn't have to be lured into the mood and tempo by music. They prayed. Paul, I don't know about you, how we're going to get out of this. And Paul might have said, Silas, all I know to do is what I've always done. Let's pray. Let's just pray and let God have his way. I, I don't think a mother, a father among us, I don't think that you should encounter or deal with anything in life that's bigger than cheeseburger or hamburger type decisions without praying about it. Your kids depend on you. Your ministry depends on you. Your finances depend on you. Your, your livelihood, your future, your present. It's worth praying about. You might have all you want, but take some time and pray about it anyway. Midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. I've done some research on those Mid-Eastern jailhouses back in this day. They weren't exactly warm and cozy. But I appreciate Paul and Silas' spirit that in any condition, that's a good condition to talk to the Lord. Yeah. They prayed and sang praises unto God, and it wasn't just some silent little offering. I'm ashamed to do it. And prisoners heard them. Desperate prayers sometimes change people around us too. Desperate prayers go on and other people are affected by it. When we pray, you know, when your kids are sick, Brother Marshall, your kids have gotten pneumonia, your kids in the hospital, I kind of got a feeling you're not worried about your dignity or how you look when you're praying for them. Your son is laying there. Your child is in need. Who cares what they think? Who cares what the nurse thinks? Who cares what the doctor says? That's my son laying there. And verse 26 is awesome. And the Bible said suddenly. Sometimes it does happen suddenly. Could you imagine Paul and Silas just, hey, fist bumping, high fiving, fellowship, and we'll get out of this somehow, bud. How you been? How's the kids? It was time to get a little more serious than just making noise. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately, I like that, two expressions of right now, suddenly, immediately. That's the kind of praying I'm talking about tonight. 
when you don't need to be primed, I don't need to be prompted, I don't need cheerleaders, I don't need music. I just need to get beside my flesh and get in contact with God. All the doors were open, everyone's bands were loosed. I said, at an unexpected time, praying will shake up the things that bind you. Say it again. If you're willing to pray anywhere, over any circumstance, no matter who sees you or doesn't, and you get serious with God, at an unexpected time, those types of prayers will shake up all those things that are binding you. So full circle back to my text. Remember Jesus said there in that garden, he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Remember this when you're praying. It may not happen right away. It's more than just noise. I've got to have faith. I, I, I've got to pray. I can't just walk around and think words. That's good. I'm not, I'm, hey, I've prayed many a time and never opened my mouth. But that's not the type of praying I'm talking about tonight. And that's not the type of praying the Bible refers to more often than not. They couldn't care less if Daniel walked around praying silent prayers in his head. They want him to shut his mouth. Stop praying out loud. That affects people. Jesus told them, watch and pray. And I ask you, have you prayed about that? Look what Matthew 26, 41 said in the message translation. Matthew 26, 41. Stay alert. Be in prayer so that you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There's a part of you that is eager, ready for anything. When he said the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak, he's not, not, not talking about God's spirit. He's talking about that good side of you. That hungry for God's side of me. That thing inside of me that gets up and tells me, go to church even though you don't feel good today. That thing that says, preach even when you don't want to preach. Sing even though you don't want to sing. That side of you, that spiritual dimension of you. There's a part of you that's eager, ready for anything in God. But there's another part, Jesus said, that is a, that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh. But the flesh. Remember this, two entities always involved when you want to pray. Always show up when you want to pray. I've heard it said so many times by people. In here, on the evangelistic field, other churches that I've preached at, when I really need to pray, I need to go to the mountains. I need to go to the rivers. I need to go to the ocean. I need to go to the closet. Whatever. Some, we just get accustomed to places, geographical places of perfection in our eyes. But 
God is everywhere. And when we need God, we don't have to have the perfect environment. We don't have to have our little place. I mean, I like our places. Don't get me wrong. Pastor Black sure texted me tonight by the West. He's at his cabin, whole family. I said, what's wrong with this picture here? Be in prayer so that you don't wander into temptation without ever knowing you're in danger. Does that resonate with anybody in this place tonight? The two things we'll always have to deal with when we want to pray. The spirit, the, the, the fiery nature that we have, the desire, I need to go pray. Hey, every time I've ever got a little too on the edge, a little too carnal, a little too angry, a little too bitter, a little too into myself. Things that none of you ever get into, I know. But every time I feel that, that little negative fire going in me for the more, there's another voice inside of me saying, you need to find a place and just talk to God right now. You got to pray. Stop on the side of the road. Stop in your living room. Start in your office. That energy inside of me, and then there's the flesh. Oh, Lord. There is the flesh. Prayer is in complete opposition, 180 degrees opposed to the flesh. It's hard to pray sometimes. It's hard to pray. But when we pray and push through to where we are in that presence of God, you sense it. I don't have to sense it for you. You know you're there. You may yell. You may whisper. You may cry. You may laugh. Whatever it is for you individually. That's what pioneer Pentecostals used to call praying through. I have heard so many charismatic-minded people in the church laugh at that very phrase. Hey, laughers. That's what they referred to. You finally conquered the flesh. You finally got beyond all the distractions. You finally got away from all the noise and outside garbage. And you're in the company of the Most High. That's the desire every time we say, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Hey, have you prayed about that? Because of what the message just told us, have you prayed about that? Because it might be that this thing I'm praying about is going to, it might lead me into some dangerous areas that I don't even know are dangerous. I don't know how you sleep in church, sister. I have no idea. You must have been up all night. God help you. Give you a rest tonight. <laughs> Have you prayed about it? Again, I'm not talking about things that are forcing you to react. I'm not, things, I'm not talking about things that are forcing you, you know, to make a decision now. Those, that's life. Those are uncomfortable, but sometimes we just have to decide. We just have to. 
but the things that maybe have a deadline or maybe just lie in the in the what ifs. Better be praying about that. Better be praying about that. And 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 I offered you some things last week. I'll offer you a little extension to that. If somewhere in your life you can incorporate something like this in your prayer life, God, here's my desire. But if it's not your will, I don't want one bite of it, Lord. I don't want one bite of it. You you prosperity people, I I love it. You live for God, you're going to prosper. I love it. I love it. I love it. I really do believe it. I don't believe it's... Numero uno in our relationship with God, but it's part of it. When you give, God's going to bless you. Who's... Brother Colin, you said it tonight. I want to say this, though. I'm getting distracted, but that was so good, I got to thinking. Giving and the blessing that God reciprocates, reciprocates has nothing to do with just being in church. There are people who practice giving. They give to the Red Cross. They give to the women's shelter. They give to the men's shelter. They are just... They're philanthropists. They give. They help. And God's laws always bless those people too. Tithing just happens to be one of those laws. The blessing of God, the blessing of goodness isn't reserved for just the church house. That makes me feel good. You can be a good citizen in the community and fortune will find your name. prayed through about that? Something like that in your own prayer life. God, I, I want to be blessed. I've prayed this so many times. I want everything, God, that's your perfect will for my life. I want every shotgun, fishing rod, leather holster. I want every dollar. Sorry, folks, if that offends you. That is God's perfect will and not one cent more. I don't want one more toy, one more... I don't want anything that isn't God's will. Because it might be the thing that leads me there to a place I don't want to go. Have you prayed about that? If it's going to affect your family, you better pray about it. If it's going to affect your wallet, you better pray about it. If it's going to affect your home, you better pray about it. If it might affect your health, you better pray about it. If it affects anything that will affect, that will change you, pray about it. Pray about it. And we don't need to have pretty prayers. We don't have to have prayers that people turn their head and go, oh, wow, isn't that awesome? I want the type of prayer, though, that when God hears me, he goes, what was that? Get down there, Gabriel. Get down there, Michael. Change that situation for her. Change that situation for him. You don't think it works just like that? I think it does. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Somebody tell me where that's at. 2 Chronicles 7, 7, 14. But guess what verse 15 says. Brother, can you throw that up there? He said, my ear shall be a tent 
attentive to the prayer that is made. Second Chronicles 7.15. It is made in this place. Hey, he's listening tonight. You prayed about that? Changing jobs, you better pray about that. Sometimes we're forced to change jobs. But I mean, just out of our own desire, pray about anything. I'd rather God say, you prayed enough and say, I haven't heard from you in so long, boy. Have you prayed about that? Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy tonight, for your loving kindness that's better than life, for the help, God, that you give to each and every one of us, the strength that you give into our life, into our home, into our testimony, into our walk, God. Through prayer, through the avenue of prayer, God of heaven, you give power, you give deliverance, you rescue, God, those through prayer. You revive people through prayer. You redeem people through heartfelt prayer. You change circumstances because we pray. You shift the tides of life because he prayed. You stop the forces of evil coming against her because she prayed. Oh, bless his name. I'm going to pray, hallelujah. I'm going to pray. They used to say push means push. Pray until something happens. I'm going to pray until something happens about that, about my life, about my need, about my desire, about my situation. Pray, 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 pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.